Welcome to Season 2 of the Practicing Presence Podcast, where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's happening, practitioners? What up? How are y'all doing? Um, We are still talking about lament, and today we're going to look at Psalm 12. Yeah, Psalm 12 is a communal lament. Shout out to Truett Seminary at Baylor University, where I'm a graduate student because I just had to memorize this for a test, uh, which made it easy to remember that Psalm 12 is a communal lament psalm. Um, I want to talk about communal lament because I do think... I think this is one of the problems with one of the big problems with the church is we don't do communal lament. Mm. We screw up mm. as a community yeah. quite often yeah. um, because the church is filled with broken people. And unfortunately we've built a system that is broken and it's going to take a long time to deconstruct that system. And so until then, it's okay to lament yeah. the way, the things that we have done wrong. Uh, I wish John MacArthur's church would do communal lament over what he's done with Eileen Gray. Um, I wish, hell, I wish anybody yeah. would do communal lament for anything. Yeah. I was, at a, I was an interim pastor at a church, and we talked a lot about the need for communal lament Mm -hmm. over some things that had happened in that congregation. And nobody, nobody in leadership wanted to do it. Mm. Um, Because it makes it, it makes the institution not look powerful. Right. If you have to lament, if you must admit the things you've done wrong and the terrible things that have happened in the ways in which it's manifested by being wrong and the way in which God has or has not played a part, that makes the institution look weak. Yeah. That brings up questions that, that doesn't fit the attraction that we have everything put together. And so nobody laments. Nobody does communal laments. Um, golly, Christianity would be a lot better if we did. Yeah, agreed. Um, and so I want to I look at one. Fortunately, Wellhouse is... Um, you know, a, a church plant, we planted it. And so um, I feel pretty good right now as a community. We don't have anything to lament. Yep. Uh, but Lord knows, if slash when we do, we will communally lament. So how do you how do you conduct a communal lament? How do you do that? Oh, that's great. So, yeah. How is it done in the Old Testament lost times? Well, it's, it's predicated upon the priests, right? Mm. Uh, lots of sackcloth and ash, lots of um, widespread nationwide mourning, mm-hmm. um, lots of lamentations, communal lamentations, lots of corporate recitations of um, laments, prayers together, crying together, grieving together, all those things. In the same ways that you can celebrate together, mm-hmm. in the same ways that we lead normal celebration services or memorial services or whatever, yeah, so you like- just do lament services. Yeah, so it's like a it's like a funeral type deal. 
or a funeral could be considered a communal lament in a way. No. No? No. No, no, no. Uh, funerals, if you're doing them right, are celebrations of life. Okay. Um, because if you're doing them right, death is not the end of our story. Right. Um, a communal lament is when Job tears his clothes and covers himself in sackcloth and ash for seven days and doesn't speak. Mm. Now take an entire people group and do that. Got you. That's communal lament. Okay. It's not, it's not the, it's not the grieving of the loss of a person like a funeral. It's the mourning and disgust of the actions done by a people or that has been done to a people mm. and where God has not acted the way I thought he slash she should have. Yeah. That okay. is communal lament. Okay. Psalm 12 is a pretty like standard. It hits all the main points of communal lament, um, even down to the preposition or the, the personal pronouns. Um, by the time you get to verse 7, it's us. This is a quintessential um, communal lament psalm, and they've given it to David. Um, if I can be real honest, um, don't trust those. We, we don't know who wrote yeah. hardly any of these. There are some of them we really know. Yeah. Like Psalm 51, pretty identifiably, that's David. Yeah. We know that David wrote majority of these, mm -hmm. but actually which ones, how, when, we don't know. Don't trust those too much. Psalm 12, communal lament. Verse 1, help. If lament does not begin with something like, I acknowledge that you are bigger than me, and I get that I'm kind of mad at you for the way in which you've acted during this time, but I'm still talking to you because I believe that you can help. Yeah. That's lament. Lament begins with a place of, you have to be able to acknowledge that I believe in some way you can help me. Now, damn it, I'm pissed off that you've chosen not to. Mm. And I don't know why, but I know that you are capable of helping me. Mm. That's the foundational premise of lament. Help, O oh Lord, for there is no longer anyone who is godly. So stop. What's the communal lament? That there's no one left in the community that's godly. Mm. That it's been taken over by evil. Hence the subtitle they've given it, Plea for Help in Evil Times. Yeah. The faithful have disappeared from humankind. There's no more. So, God, help me. I've identified my problem here. There's nobody here that's godly at all. I need your help. They utter lies to each other with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. That sounds like a really terrible society. Mm -hmm. uh, if that's true, 
do you can you think of maybe a time in the Bible where something else sounded kind of that terrible? Maybe like Genesis six, the pre Noah story, mm-hmm. when there's no faithful people mm-hmm. on the earth except Noah. Yeah, or so the story says. Try to find these hyperlinks. These are these are greater stories that are calling you, and and you yeah. have these. You know, think about it. Um, think about it like whiskey tasting or beer tasting, right? You need yeah. palate references, right? All of these, you should be. Bible Project calls them hyperlinks. I call them echoes. You should always. These stories are interlocking. Yeah, you should always be looking for them. Verse three. So verse one and two. I've identified my problem. I've voiced my concern. Verse three, my petition. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts. Those who say, with our tongues, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is our master? Because the poor are despoiled, because the needy groan. I will now rise up, says the Lord. I will place them in the safety for which they long. The promises of the Lord are promises that are pure. Silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. So once again, this is literature. This is Psalter. Mm. David is writing God's response. David has written God's response. And it's the ideal response, right? What did he say? God, help me. There's Mm -hmm. nobody godly here. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to cut off their lips. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And what does God respond with? I will place them. I will make sure you're safe. Yeah. I will make sure that you are safe. Here's the deal. The reason that communal laments are so beautiful and perfect in the way that they flow, especially in the Psalter, um, you get to be your most raw and vulnerable. Yeah. God, cut off their lips. David, lots of times in his personal laments, God, kill them all. Yeah. All my enemies that are after me trying to kill me, kill them all. Yeah. I don't care. We get to be our most raw and vulnerable and descriptive and, dare I say, hateful. Yeah. Cut off their lips. <laughs> it's pretty graphic. I mean, be- yeah. because they talked about themselves. That's literally, mm-hmm. he-, he says... May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts. I mean, I don't make I don't make great boasts, but um, you know, I am single now, so I'm in the dating world. And I did have a girl tell me one time that I am really good with my words. Some might say that's flattering lips. Mm-hmm. David wants mine cut off. Yeah, cut off flattering lips gone. Yeah. Gone. No more labial speak. No more no more L sounds. Yeah. No more P sounds. You still make like dentals and gutturals and those, but nothing that uses your lips. 
Cut off their lips. Yeah. Are you okay? So David is raw and vulnerable. And how does God respond? In grace. He doesn't, he doesn't match David's energy. Mm-hmm. God does not, God does not say, Yeah, I'll do that. Let's go conquer. What does God say? God says, Because the poor are despoiled, because the needy groan. Very gracious language. Because the needy groan, I will now rise up. Now very powerful language. Mm-hmm. I, this one who you have asked for help, I, this powerful being, will rise up. Mm-hmm. And I will place them in the safety for which they long. So what am I do? My power as I rise up. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to conquer. I'm not going to do the violence mm-hmm. that you've requested. But I hear your cry. And I think I see what you want. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm going to, I got you. I can keep you safe. The promises of the Lord are promises that are pure. Hey, maybe asking to cut somebody's lips off. Not so pure. Not that so pure, but God gets the intention of the cry. Mm. He says, hey, promises of the Lord are pure. Silver refined in a furnace on the ground is purified seven times yeah. to perfection. Seven, seven is the Hebrew number in numerology for perfection or completion. Mm. Um, it's a perfect refining process, and God knows you ain't there. But I also don't think God's expecting you to be there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think God. I don't think God's looking at you, going, "I can't believe He asked to cut their lips off." <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, I don't think God is up there and looks at Jesus and goes, can you believe this guy asking to cut his, their lips off? Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Um, no, God goes, David, man, I, I hear you, bro. I hear that. Um, maybe we're going to do this in a little bit more pure way. Maybe we're going to do this in a little bit more grace-filled way. But I got you. I hear, yeah. I hear how you don't feel safe. I hear that there's a lot of things around you that make you uncomfortable and you're frustrated. Yeah. Um, promises the Lord are pure. I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to keep you safe seven times over as we go through yep. this refining process. And this is how David responds. When, when God says this, when God responds to this quite vivid imagery of his ask mm-hmm. of how to deal with this injustice, and then God responds with this grace and merciful kind of way, David says, you, O oh Lord, will protect us. Yeah. You will guard us from this generation for evil, forever. On every side, the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among humankind. Yeah. Notice, there's no more accusatory language. There's acknowledgement of brokenness. There's acknowledgement of evil in the world. Yeah. But there's no more direct attack against evil because I've lamented. I've voiced my concern. Mm -hmm. God responded in the grace of which we know they will. And so David responds, you, O Lord, will protect us. I believe your promises are pure, and I believe that you will protect us. You will guard us from this generation forever. Notice, David did not say, 
from this evil generation. Yeah. There's no direct accusatory language. Lament is the place to go and release that anger. Mm. Lament is the place to offload um, all the garbage that, that, that you harbor in your anger against your enemies or against the wrongs that have been done to you or that you or a people have done. Um, lament is the place to be raw and vulnerable and, and literally like give those up. to. It's like venting. It's like I, when I vent, I vent in safe spaces where I can say things I would never be allowed to say in any other venue. Yeah. Um, that's what lament is. And when I do that, I don't get a God who's mad at me because I lamented. I don't get a God that's mad at me because I used the language that maybe I shouldn't have. Yeah. I don't get a God who's mad at me in any kind of way. Right. I get a God who says... Hey, son, I hear you. I'm sorry you feel that way. I got you. I'm going to protect you. I'll lift you up. I got you. My promises are pure. We're good. And so you don't have to be angry. You don't have to be accusatory anymore. It's not on you. You're not responsible for this anymore. You've let this go. Yeah. And then you can have released it. Mm. while still acknowledging its presence. So he says, you, O Lord, will protect us. You'll guard us from this generation forever. Not this evil generation. I'm not mm. accusing them anymore. I've let that go, but I can still acknowledge that exists in the world. Yeah. On every side, the yeah. wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among humankind. That does exist, yeah. and I acknowledge, and I'm still not super happy that that exists, but I've disconnected myself because I've lamented. I've, I've left that out. And now, I get to live in the freedom that the promises of the Lord are pure yeah. and that I will be protected by the great divine. Yeah. That is the perfect like most simple explanation of communal lament and what, I mean, lament in general is supposed to do. You can take these same principles, sure. that same outline that I've, I've given you here and do that for anything. You can do it for your own personal things. You can do it for your own individual things. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This is a communal lament, right? The, the personal pronoun changes to us um, or is, excuse me, is us and each other and humanity. It's a very macro level lament. Yeah. So this happens to be a communal lament, but the, the formula is very similar. There are some unique things biblically about individual lament, but you could take that same thing about acknowledging a God bigger than you, naming the problem, being pissed off about the problem, and asking for your petition, hearing... The voice of Yahweh in response, in grace, in mercy, and kindness. And you leaving, acknowledging who God is and how God is promising to help. Releasing that from you. You're not carrying that anymore. We vented, we lamented, it's gone. And now I just acknowledge that that exists in the world and it sucks. But I've lamented and we progress forward. 
Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.